Want to know the four things that keep a house from selling? And how to protect yourself in a real estate transaction? Like on Facebook, listen on iTunes, and subscribe to this podcast on CorkscrewsAndContracts.com. This episode of Court Screws and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And we have someone really special today for you to listen to. But first, Jennifer, what are we drinking? So today we're drinking the Parks labeled wine, Parks Realty. Mm-hmm. It is called the Terre. It is a red wine covered in Sauvignon. Mm. Let's give that a try. Does that have some bite to it? Is that what they call that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that root beer when we were kids, like Barks has bite. <laughs> Remember that? Would yeah. you be happy if you got that as a person? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Jeanette Nelson is a managing broker with Parks Realty. She's been there for 17 years and started out in Kentucky with a big family and got to Nashville as quickly as she could. Uh, We are pleased to have been welcomed to uh, the Parks at Providence office. It's a brand new one. And of course, we are corkscrews and contracts, and we have someone who's going to help us with contracts today. So thank you for joining us today, Jeanette. You are welcome. It is such a pleasure to be here. (laughs) We know that you are from Kentucky, got here as fast as you can. I am. I'm from Kentucky, raised in a big family. Um, My dad was an attorney and a judge, and my mom was an English teacher. And so if I make any grammatical errors, she'll charge me 25 cents. Is that when your love for contracts and and details came in? It's got to have influenced it. I feel like it has got to have influenced it because I'm a little too addicted to the contracts, I think. And I, I knowing you, I know that the the grammatical stuff still matters as well. I know. I'm one of those people who puts in every comma in my text, and <laughs> it goes back and changes the word. If anyway, it's, it's an illness. It drives her crazy, which I I have my mind that drive me crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy oh, yeah. short trip for me. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. so I remember in high school being super excited about semicolons and colons. I know. Yeah. I know. That was, I don't know, junior year of, of English or something. It took a while before I got there, but man, I was like, oh man, it's not a run-on sentence anymore. If I add one of these to it, <laughs> how exciting. I know. I'm one of those geeks who actually used to have fun diagramming sentences. Oh. <laughs> don't judge me. Don't judge me. No. Because this was this is what happens when your parents are in education. That's right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> education and law. <laughs> there you go. That's right. You can imagine. I made sure I never got arrested. <laughs> oh yeah, that is something you do not want to go home to. <laughs> right. No. I, I can explain, Daddy. I can explain. <laughs> so we're here to talk about real estate. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I have a feeling that. Uh, there are four things that are super important about any transaction and you knowing those I will say the ending the ending is price fixes all those what are those things so there are only four reasons that a house doesn't sell 
Okay. And that's price, location, features, and condition. Mm. If a price is not selling, one or more of those four things is in play, and price fixes them all. Wow. So if I change the price, that can fix things like, well, I guess everything. It fixes everything, and everything that's wrong with the house falls in one of those in those categories. The condition, you know, if it's in bad condition, we all know what that looks like. If it's a location, if it's sitting right on the highway or has a super um, slopey driveway, that's a location problem. Um, if it's price, it's just plain too high. Everybody knows what that is. And if it's features, I had a home on the market one time, or I had a buyer who seller who wanted me to put a home on the market one time, who actually had a toilet in the middle of the bonus room. That was a features problem. I was hoping that was the story you were getting ready to tell. <laughs> it was a features problem, and they had lived with it and didn't see the problem, and I just said, you know, um, that's going to be something that we'll have to explain to buyers. So, yeah. I'm having trouble visualizing this. Was it installed on a wall, and they took out the wall and just left the toilet in the room? It was just odd, Wyatt. It was right there in the middle of the wall. And... I can't even imagine why that seemed okay because there were the usual couches and big screen TV and things that are up in a bonus room and then there was this functioning toilet <laughs> with, with, with no barrier or did privacy screen. It was just surprising. It was very surprising. And they thought it was normal. Yeah. Right. Did they use it? I did not ask. <laughs> I did walk by it and I noticed that it was sparkling clean, but it didn't even have a lid. <laughs> I know. That's one of those things you just accept it and start decorating it for holidays. Something. <laughs> Something. If you want the house bad enough. Seriously. Right. Somebody it, bought it. Decorate it like a, a, a throne, you know, <laughs> an iron throne or whatever that was in Game of Thrones. It's special. <laughs> But you found some somebody bought it. You no, I walked away from the listing. I said, you know, oh. you need a <laughs> <another> realtor. <laughs> if you can't adjust the price to fix this amount, <laughs> price does fix everything, though. I mean, if you even imagine that um, there's the worst house in the world, um, right next to a highway, under electrical um, lines, and somebody's asking uh, two hundred thousand dollars for it, and they don't get any bites, you drop that price. In increments, and it might get down to seven hundred and fifty dollars. Somebody will buy it. <laughs> so, price actually does fix everything in every real estate transaction. But there's only four reasons that they don't sell, and whatever reason it's not selling for, that it falls under one of those categories. Well, it sounds like you know, like decreasing prices fixes everything. But have you had a situation where if you listed it, you go, no one's really interested, but maybe rebrand and then raise the price and people yes. are like, oh. Yes, that works. Wow. And it works because people have not been looking in that price point. They've not been looking as low as you had it. And then they start looking as high as you had it. And of course, you know, every realtor is going to let them know that it was lower, but it's like, you know what? We realized it was priced too low. And now we're getting a lot of activity on it at this higher price, so we're going to need to get full price. Cash, please. Oh. And that's like every seller's dream. Every right seller's there. dream. Right. <laughs> I tell my sellers, don't worry that we're putting too low a price on it because if that's actually happening, we're going to go into multiple offer situation. You're going to be very happy to get more than asking price. So it's all about the verbiage. So as we talked about, you're so passionate about contracts. Why are they so crucial in real estate? 
Under the laws of this country, we live and die by the written word. The definition of a contract is a written or spoken agreement that is intended to be enforced by law. The real estate contracts are crucial because when executed properly, they give both buyers and sellers a fair opportunity for a successful buy or sell. You know, I had it explained to me too that you know, it's a promise, really, and it's as long as it's written down, it's you know, we we intend to do this, you intend to do this in return, and that's. I think just the way you explained it is probably better than my explanation. I don't know. Everybody's looking at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Writing it down and then everybody signing that they agreed to it makes it binding. Mm. If I said to you, why, I promise I'm going to give you a million dollars, but we didn't write it down and you couldn't prove it, and Jennifer was dead because I I got after her. (laughs) (laughs) Then, then, you know, then how would you ever get your million dollars? But if we both signed it in agreement, well, then you've got something you can take to a judge tries to keep people moral mm-hmm. mm. and ethical <laughs> honest honest yes. honest mm. right yeah yeah so, this is the biggest transaction of their lives so they should be doing it the right way right yeah we all need to remember that as realtors that this is the biggest financial transaction that most people make and it deserves to be written down fairly for both sides so that everybody understands what the expectations and goals are and so they deserve that and we shouldn't take that lightly because it doesn't matter whether the house is a $40,000 house or a $4 million house or a $40 million house it's just as important to that seller and just as important to that buyer I, uh, I have an example uh, of where I was in business at one point in one of my, my many businesses over my lifetime so far <laughs> um, in which I had spoken to an owner of a property and I was going to lease that uh, portion of the property and in conversations during the run-up to it, uh, we talked about all kinds of things. And it wasn't a written agreement. It was a verbal. I start making payments. I forget what we've actually discussed. So six months later, you know, I'm going, I think we talked about this. And he says, no, we didn't talk about that at all. And it was literally, he said, she said, and I wish that I had something written down. I'm a real stickler for that. I follow up with the agents here at Parks and Providence, um, asking them constantly to either, you know, reword the verbiage on the contract that I see might have gaps in it, or to send an email to their clients confirming what the conversations were, and and just to make a paper trail for themselves because you know we are in such a litigious society that if they do not do that, they're leaving themselves vulnerable. And in some cases, their buyers and sellers are vulnerable for, um, for everybody's memory. Well, here's to not using memories. Right. <laughs> right. It's, memory, is, memory is for growing old with. And <laughs> contracts are for getting her done. <laughs> we, we live and die by the written word, Wyatt, remember. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the way this country works. And, um, and it's unique to this country. Not all countries of the world do that. It can be a handshake, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I wish we could run on that mode, but we're, we're unfortunately too sophisticated or unsophisticated, depending on how you look at it, to do that anymore. And so everything has to be written down and then understood clearly by both parties to mean the same thing. Real estate investors looking for a quick close and no appraisals? 
reach out to Mike Brady at PropertyRecycle.com. They are a large private equity firm with that personal touch. Property Recycle offers an easy online application, no appraisal requirements, and can close within five days. Ditch your slow, expensive lender and get the money you need today. Call Mike Brady at 615-806-7500. Again, that is 615-806-7500. Or visit PropertyRecycle.com. If you're in the Nashville area, please join us for the monthly Middle Tennessee Investors and Wholesalers Network Happy Hour. Two hours of pure networking and deal making. You'll meet brand new investors and wholesalers, all the way up to those that buy hotels. You can find more information and sign up on our website at corkscrewsandcontracts.com. Don't miss it. Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Networth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. So what happens when like the contract goes wrong or somebody doesn't hold up their side of the deal or there was a gap as you were talking about? So um, usually when a contract gets in trouble, it's because of one or more of these three things. Number one, the buyers or sellers did not understand what they were signing and agreeing to. Number two, they want to change the terms of the contract after they signed and agreed. Or number three, one or both of the real estate agents involved is not trained well enough to ensure that the agreed upon terms of the contract are properly executed. Those three things are usually what tank a contract. Is there anything um, as agents we can do to make sure, like, some, like obviously get more training would be the third one, <laughs> make sure we go to our brokers, but is there any other advice that you would like to give to, to help make sure we do? Mm-hmm. Well, here's how I would recommend that agents can have more successful transactions. An experienced agent, an experienced real estate agent has the knowledge to know what are the most common pitfalls and misunderstandings between buyers and sellers? They also know how to manage the client's expectations so they don't end up surprised or disappointed. And I'd like to give you an example of surprised and disappointed. <laughs> so um, a few years ago, there was a seller and they had the most amazing landscaping. Their landscaping was full of all sorts of wonderful things like um, statues, they had stone benches, they had wooden benches, they had trellises, they had unusual plants, they had lots of unusual, fantastic, amazing, beautiful things in their landscaping. And of course, in the purchase sale agreement on line 18, under those things that are included in the purchase of a home, it says all landscaping and all outdoor lighting. Now that's subjective. What is landscaping? What is landscaping? I mean, you could show two people a picture of this home and say, circle all the things that are landscaping, and some of them would circle all the bushes and flowers, and some of them would also include the trellises and the benches and so forth. So what is landscaping? Our contracts do not define landscaping. So the buyer of this home absolutely wanted all that landscaping. And so to be sure that they got it, and you know, they, they went down and listed that they wanted 
all the trellises, they wanted all the um, stones, they wanted all the lighting, they wanted all of the benches, they wanted all the statues, they wanted all that. They listed it, that they wanted all that. And the buyer and seller agreed to that, and they went to closing. And shortly after closing, the buyer's agent got a phone call that said, you've got to come over here and look what's happened in the landscaping. And thinking there couldn't possibly have been any misunderstanding, the agent <laughs> rushed over where they all went in the backyard and there had been a very large koi pond and the fish, the water, the fountain, the, the rocks, and the liner were all gone and there was a big dirt hole where this had been before. <laughs> and talk about talk about misunderstanding and expectations and disappointment. I mean, they were in court over that because to the buyers, they had listed everything that everybody could possibly consider landscaping and why wouldn't the koi pond be that? Why why wouldn't the koi pond be part of the home? Yeah not special to the landscaping, it's part of the home, and to the sellers, those were the home of one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, and they were their pet koi, <laughs> and they were going to take, take one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fishes, koi pond, and take it with them to the next house because those were their pet koi, oh. and it was, it was, it's one of those learning experiences, you, could, you couldn't make up stuff like that. Are you able to tell us how it turned out, or is that something you can't share? No, I cannot. There, it was. There was a lot of, there was a lot of drama. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of drama in that one. So, you well, know. isn't that something you think of your dog as your pet, your cat as your pet, but you don't you think don't of your think fish, of fish unless they're inside. Out, yeah, inside fish, I get it. <laughs> Outside fish, not so much. I do. I do know people though who consider their koi fish their pets and it is unusual koi are big and when you walk out there I've been to people's homes who have koi fish when you walk out there the fish all come over and they wait to be fed and people who feel affectionately toward their koi fish you know they might actually do something like that but you cannot predict that I mean when you're a buyer walking around the house the fish don't come to you when you walk to the you're not, you're, not you're not the seller you're just out there looking pretty in the pond and you're thinking oh I get a koi pond with this but imagine there was a dirt hole that's a big hole it was just it was a big hole it, we're not talking about a three foot by three foot koi pond it was a big hole and let us also go to this place, all right? When they did the walkthrough the day before, the koi pond was there. And so they had to have their landscaping people ready to come in there at the speed of light and extract the fish and keep them safe. And then to dismantle the entire pond and pull out the liner and take it in order to be ready for closing the next day. And see, that almost seems a little sketchy, you it know? Does. When you say that. Well, you, the, but the way they explained it was, we were not going to traumatize the fish by moving them until the last moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can I see can that see side. That. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Remember, I was time. raised by a pack of lawyers, and I do see both sides of a lot of stories because, you know, it's, I mean, everybody sees it their way. And how do you say, well, you're just wrong and you're just wrong? You know when there's there's merit to the way they feel about it so that's that's the trick in real estate is understanding how people feel about things because that's going to 
that's going to affect the real estate transaction. And even though we try to have that crystal ball and read all the tea leaves, the truth is that we can't and we just have to do the best we can from experience. That'll never happen to me again. <laughs> or any of your agents. No, or any of my agents. I will be asking about that quite long. <laughs> How do you... Uh, the, the example is that they, they wrote down all the things that they could possibly think of. Do you not write down all the things you could think of and instead attach a photo to the contract? Is that what you need to do? I mean, if it's in the listing, what's Here, the... Here's the deal, White. Here's the, here's the sad truth, and I've had so many con conversations with real estate attorneys about this. And the reason the contracts keep getting bigger is because we cannot predict all the ways that buyers and sellers are going to treat each other. And we can't predict all the situations that are going to be meaningful to them, whether they're being um, sneaky or not. That, that We can't predict all that. And so, yes, the next time, let's attach photos to everything. <laughs> but let's get the contract, let's get, make the contract, you know, four more pages bigger. Just, that's why there's just one line that says all landscaping. Try to describe landscaping, and you will be in a 10-page, 10 pages alone describing landscaping. Because... You know, in the landscaping, somebody might have all that that they bought, but then they also went out there and put one little thing that their child made in kindergarten in the landscaping, and that's the only thing that matters to them. Mm. You see, it's, it's just impossible to predict, and it's so important, so important. We can't, we can't protect our buyers and sellers from things that are just practically unpredictable and unheard of, unprecedented in real estate. The koi pond, unprecedented. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, we're very lucky to have a broker like you because I feel safe. I call you whenever I need wording, verbiage, um, or anything to make sure I'm gonna, let, let's just say this woman right here kept me uh, focused and got me through a lot of, of stressful scenarios that well, you would never expect. <laughs> sometimes buyers and sellers get so um, worked up, whether it's anger or it's fear or it's drama or it's um, a little bit of looniness, whatever it is, they get so worked up in the middle of these real estate transactions that, you know, it really takes... You know, it really takes firepower to calm the whole thing down and to walk through it. I try to, I try to sculpt every um, written conversations when I realize that a, a situation has gone um, nuclear, so that if I had to read it in front of an attorney, I would still be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an attorney by any stretch, but I at least try to make it so clear and so simple, and covers as many possible points as I can think of, so that. Um, my intention will at least be clear and it's there's a lot of pressure in that but there's also a lot of a lot of um, pride in being able to help um, buyers and sellers be successful and success and to achieve their goals and then also to being able to help agents in a really scary time mm -hmm. because you let one of those things go nuclear on you and it's scary there's a been there have been nights where we sat here till 10:30. Of yes. composing emails yes and working on the correct way to say certain yes. things to make sure we were going to be safe yes um, protected so yes. Yes. Uh, I know 
that I'm lucky to have you as a broker, but I know we want to continue to grow the office and hopefully have other people that are just yes. as lucky as I am. <laughs> yes. So, uh, in parks, doesn't take just anybody. No. no. So, what we, do you look for? We are a company with um, a lot of diversity, and we are very proud of that. And we are also a company that has a certain culture and that culture is of abundance. And so um, basically to be a, um, an agent in our office, you, you have to have a, an active Tennessee real estate license. Um, you need to be committed to real estate full time. Um, I always also look for a positive attitude and a spirit of abundance. And that means that there is enough real estate and there's enough for me to sell. And so we don't need to worry that somebody else is gonna get all the real estate and sell and there won't be enough for us because there really is enough. It's a spirit of abundance. That's what I look for in agents that I'm recruiting. Because we do, we have we have quite a few listeners who who think who are, are already investing in, in real estate. Many that are, are currently uh, licensed, uh, and it does. It's nice to know um, kind of what it takes to get to the next level. You know, I'm very careful when I'm interviewing agents because. You know, you want to get a positive vibe. Somebody who has a negative vibe or, um, or you know, dwells in a lot of drama. I mean, that's not necessarily the most healthy real estate environment um, or, or to create at our office in parks. And I also try to make sure that, um, that they're coachable, that they're interested in um, getting it right because you can't get it right from the very beginning. It's like when you get your real estate license, that's like getting your your driver's license. If you've never driven the car, you still don't know how to drive the car just because you have a driver's license. And real estate is very similar. Just because you have a real estate license doesn't mean that you know how to sell or, buy, or help someone buy or sell a house. You need experience in that. And so um, one of the things I loved about you, Jennifer, when you came on board is that you were so coachable. I mean, every single time that you had a question, you were intensely listening to the answer. You were applying it to that situation. You were I'm reaching out to other agents and getting opinions on how else to handle this and then um, and then using those tools that you got to navigate some tricky situations <laughs> and um, in every situation you were showing um, smarts and grace and I was oh, very impressed with you. that. Very <laughs> impressed with that. So I know what Parks gave me when I got started um, but what do what do they offer agents to you know to, to make to to be safe in real estate and know what they need to do, but to also give them like a family feel. You know, there is so much that Parks offers. I actually believe that they offer more than any other real estate company. I know that the claims by other real estate companies are that they offer more than anyone else, but I think if you put it all down on paper, that we actually are the leader in that. And so, but what they will receive, and I'm just going to make a, a short list because the big list, we'd be here all day, be like That's great. The <laughs> Yeah, so they will receive you know the best training in the industry. We are head and shoulders above everybody else in training. We train constantly. In fact, after this podcast, I'm going to train on um, the the notification form. More contracts, guys. More contracts. More contracts. <laughs> contracts, right? And so I'm going to do that. Um, we also have cutting edge te- cutting edge technology tools and marketing to help them be successful in their business. Um, mentoring which is so important. Some of the real estate companies actually charge the new agents for mentors and at Parks we do not. We, we supply you with a mentor and that you are not charged for that and do not pay for it at all. 
Well, and one thing I liked about that is even though I had my mentor that helped me through, and I mean, she's my friend now, She and she's still, I can still call her, um, but if I couldn't get her, I had other agents in the office, right. I had you, I could call other brokers, I right. could call Bob himself. Right. So You, you literally can at this company. Mm-hmm. It is a... We are in. We are intentional about our new, our new agents and all of our agents, really, because even if you've been in real estate for seventeen years, things come up that have never happened before. <laughs> I promise you, you never know it all, which is mm-hmm. one of the exciting things about this industry. We are a spirit of abundance, and we believe that um, there's plenty of real estate, and there's plenty of real estate for me to sell, and we want you to have your share of real estate to sell, also. I think, as a personal for me, I like a business structure but I don't like a corporate structure because I still want it to feel like family. And I get that here. And I know Wyatt immediately, when he came to Parks, transferred his license over, he immediately felt like family. And even uh, the first time he met Bob, he was like, Bob hugged me. (laughs) He He was so happy. (laughs) So it truly gives that. I like that. I like it that our office feels that way to me, too. I tell my sister that I can hug my way down the hall every day. Mm -hmm. And I just love that, that all of you have a spirit of joy and fun and smarts and coolness. And um, we can all um, play together and work together and give each other a little Mm -hmm. grief and then be extremely supportive in difficult times. And it's just, what more could you ask for? I just love it. Um, Something I want to add, and it was, we realized this for the first time last night, uh, we have our Middle Tennessee Investors and Wholesalers Network, Yes. and we had our event last night, and it was, people come up, and they're like, everybody's so nice here, they're so willing to help, they're just very giving, and that starts with us, I think, Mm -hmm. and it, because we started the group to help people connect and to help people grow their business and we like I pull comps for for wholesalers or investors just to help them just stuff that's that doesn't I don't gain from it but it just it builds relationships with people and helps them and you know why it does things like that as well and and from from not a retail agent standpoint there's things you do to help people in that group and it you know, feeds advice them. on flipping a house <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> you know like hey that wall probably shouldn't go there <laughs> right yeah that toilet shouldn't go <laughs> that <laughs> toilet should not go there should don't do uh, that don't do that hey Jeanette thank you so much for joining us today I know you have to run we really appreciated it I appreciate your inviting me of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.